Welcome to the Morale Clubhouse podcast, where we discuss all things Cubs with our morale people, led by Fred, the unofficial director of morale of the Chicago Cubs. I'm t-shirt guy turned podcast producer Adam. Today's Wednesday, June 23rd, and we're discussing if the beer snake has seen its last day at Wrigley, Javi getting benched, different moves we think the Cubs should, should make to make a push at the postseason this year. And Fred closes us out with a morale speech to take us in to some key series against the Dodgers and the Brewers coming up. series in a row going back to last week with the Mets and then the Marlins the Marlins who you know below 500 club seem like they have our number going back to the wild card round or the playoff round last year overall um, you know the Cubs have to step it up and I know there was a lot of topics that people uh, you know had a uh, had some passionate feelings on last night so um, most importantly, the Cubs have to get a win tonight. This is a huge week. You got the Dodgers. You have to go back to California. Then you have to go back up to Milwaukee to pay the bills. Um, it's a huge week. It's a massive, massive, massive week. Uh, you know, and while I still believe that the front office and ownership should invest in this team, invest in the 2021 squad, you can't take anything for granted. You really can't. I know this team's in first place, but you cannot take any game for granted because they're so important. And, uh, you know, a, uh, a skid could leave us in a uh, different situation come a month from now. So we'll see what happens. I still believe in this squad. We need to get healthy. We need the starting p- pitching to change uh, on a consistent basis, and hopefully that can start today. From an outsider's perspective, obviously you're not quite in the clubhouse. Where do you think the morale stands within within the dugout? Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. No, I mean, I, I still think it's high. I still think it's, it's uh, you know, where it needs to be. But I think for a lot of players, it's definitely like a, a gut check time. I mean, you know, it seems like over the last couple of years, this has been the trend, right? It's been the, the uh, offense that hasn't been able to put it together, that have struggled in these long stretchers. And Grant, you could say that throughout baseball. There's always where that happens, but... Overall, uh, it seems like this has been the offense's boogeyman. And going back to what we've been talking about for so long, the Nico and the Duffies, those type of players really were able to balance out this lineup. And obviously, you don't have those two guys. And from the reports, Nico's might be going back to a rehab stint soon. Matt Duffy's like totally up in the air. It seems like it's a chronic back issue, which that's not good for someone who's, I think he's 30 or above. Um, so, those are some big issues and we need those guys to come back. But in the meantime, this team, these players are going to have to figure it out, get it going and be able to can score, be able to score consistently uh, and put together much better, at, better at bats than what we've seen over the last three weeks. And, and lastly, you guys can stop, start uh, raising your hand and get in your questions and comments. I'm a little conflicted on the, what the vibes are in the bleachers. Obviously, yeah, cup snakes well, have died why, last night. Is that a good thing or bad? Yeah, thing? they died. Um, you know, I I said it last week. I'm not the biggest cup snake person. I'm not, 
but I'm also not someone who's like vehement, vehemently and against it. I I was at the game that Sunday night Cardinals game. Um, the place was electric. I think a lot of I'm not saying all of it, but I think there's a portion of why the electricity was what it was uh, was because of the cup snakes that were being built that game. I know there's a lot of differing opinions on it. It's annoying. It gets in people's ways. It can be distracting. And then obviously last night it went over the top with someone throwing the cup snakes on the field. That can't happen. That should never happen. There's no excuse for that. And as I said before, if you know, if you take away the cup snake away, that's fine. I get it. I understand it. People are going to celebrate how they how they want to. I think last week's situation was unique considering it was the first time the federal landmark was at full capacity. Um, but it obviously went over the line yesterday and it's, it's definitely done. So, uh, I think yesterday, as I tweeted, had a lot of teachable moments, hobby, the cup snakes, the wave, people definitely have some differing opinions on that. I don't have strong feelings either way. Uh, but there were a lot of, uh, ticked off fans last night and I understand why. Yeah. I feel like it was like a, it's like symbolic, you know, of the season, the Cubs of like, okay, we're had our fun. And now uh, the Cubs have fallen into the field. I mean, take it a little bit seriously. And it's kind of like Rossi benching Javi and, and like Cubs going on a streak. It's like, okay, we need to kick it into gear here a little bit and make some moves sure. maybe in the ownership and extend some players or maybe get some new players or make decisions if we're going to go for this or not. Yeah, no, yesterday was uh, – and I mean, it's, it's kind of been the entire year, but yesterday for sure, I mean – I know people are going to want to talk about hobby, but that's an instance where just can't happen. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what everyone thinks about it, but yeah, to briefly touch upon it to begin, I think it was the right move by Ross. Uh, Can't happen. Hobby's been in the big leagues for eight years. He doesn't take, he didn't take a lead off during Rizzo as Rizzo's at bat uh, on the same time where he, you know, forget how many outs there were. So, yeah, things have to be better. They're inexcusable, especially when you're getting on base 26% of the time. Just can't happen. You're the, you're the shortstop. You're a leader. Your manager calls you a leader. Can't act like that. And uh, I think it's very reasonable to be taken out of a game because that definitely sends a message. And as a player, it's embarrassing. It's uh, something you don't want happen. Don't want to happen to you. And hopefully, that was a, a learning moment that it won't happen again with Javi. But we'll see. I wouldn't even say reasonable. I'd say it's like it's necessary. We I remember when Kyle got benched last last year when Schwarber was benched. Yeah. It's like everyone on the team needs to see that happen, including who is getting benched. Uh, it's not just the person yeah. getting benched, and it, it sets the tone, like you said, throughout the rest of the clubhouse. For sure. Yeah, I just keep going back to like eight years in the league, and you know what? I I think it's different if Javi was like active on base and he was taking a good lead and he was you know really engaged and then just like somehow forgets there were two outs but like the uh things leading up to it again not taking a lead off not really being present in the moment and then forgetting how many outs there are you just can't happen you're a major league baseball player uh, there's the out sign all over the stadium like it's very, I, I don't know how you don't know how many outs. I also don't know how the first base coach didn't remind Javi. Maybe he did and Javi wasn't listening. I don't know. Um, but again, can't happen. And I believe it's reasonable that he was taken out. All right, we got Jack in for, for our first question. All right, let's do it. Jack, how's it going? 
Good. How are you guys? Uh, thank, What's thanks up, for Greg? nothing much. Um, I, I, I was in the left field bleachers last night and it was just, uh, I don't know. It, it, to me, it just didn't feel a lot like Wrigley where you got the wave going and Brian's yep. looking back at us like, what the heck's going on? Like in a big moment of the game. And then the obvious like cup, cup snake stuff, I, I guess. What, what do you guys think in terms of what they're going to do like, for, 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 for me, like on the cup stakes, like I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's cool. I actually think it's more fun when they police the cup snakes versus it just cause you're trying to evade the yeah. security or whatever. I, I, I guess yeah. like, but yesterday's obviously like unacceptable and that's where it's like, okay, like I was cool with this, but like at this point we got the wave going on, we got 10,000 cups on the field. It's like, we gotta, we, we gotta figure this out. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you guys think is the, the best uh, path for them to police that or, no, or not police it? Yeah, I think it's a great point with the Cub Snakes that I think the allure to it is, yeah, getting it taken away, trying to hide it, seeing the people run around, it becomes this little game. Uh, you know, I've heard it from both sides. I've heard the people that are like, you know what, this team hasn't hit for three weeks. Like, you know, you're paying all this money to like sit in the bleachers, which I think you should be very mindful of. Uh, we should all be mindful of. You're like, you know, I want something to do. I'm not saying it's the best thing to do, but I think now that we're coming out of COVID, like the first time the federal landmark's been at 100% capacity, I just think we're going through a, you know, whether it be new fans coming to the games, fans that haven't been to the games in a long time. Like, we missed a whole year to kind of build the culture. That might sound corny, but kind of the culture of what the bleachers are. And you're going to get new people coming in to just experience that and have a good time. And really, that's what the bleachers are, right? It's this, like, not necessarily a free-for-all, but it's, like, this very unique experience that, uh, you know, people are on top of each other. There's, uh, there's a lot of camaraderie, so on and so forth. You understand what I'm saying. But, yeah, I mean, I think going forward, it's definitely going to poli- be policed a lot uh, heavier considering what happened. The Cubs go on the field. Um, there'll be some changes, but I think we're just in a time of transition, really, in the bleachers. That might sound so strange, but, you know, fans are getting back for the first time. They want to express themselves. There's younger there's younger fans. So I, I feel like it's personally like this clash of, like, the younger and then the older, like, diehard, like, they've been there for 20 years, bleacher fans um, who are coming in and out. And I, I think over time it will work itself out, but definitely as we're – swing of things it's there's definitely a uh uh a, a time where people are disagreeing on how you should act in the bleachers for sure and i think obviously the the line gets drawn where it's like interfering with the game or that like whatever is happening outside of the of the field is like affecting the players in a negative way like whenever like yeah that happens then it, it, it gets cut off and there's always been like a general understanding of all the shenanigans that happens in the stands is all good fun and helps with the energy in the stadium. Um, but across the line, obviously when it starts hitting the field and the players are like, what the fuck are you guys even doing? Um, but Jack, maybe you can speak to that a little bit because you're, you're at the game was, you said like the vibe itself was, was off. Yeah, it was. I mean, j- just in a moment, I, I think I think we had the tying run at the plate and um, in, in like the sixth inning or, or, or one of the middle innings, and um, you're you're, you're and, and the waves going on, right? And it's like okay, yeah. like there's 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 two strikes. It, it, it just like t- it for me, like it was weird because it just like took away from the the Wrigley environment. Like I, I I've obviously been to a lot of games and I've been to a, a, other stadiums, and sure that happens there, but for me, like 
for the, for whatever it was last night, 32,000 people standing up and, and doing the wave effectively, like in a huge moment in the game. Like I get it if we're down like 10 to two in the, it, it, like, but, but five, I mean, it's, it's like at the time it's a three or a four run game. And that was just, it, 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 it just didn't feel like a Wrigley vibe to me. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I hear you. I, yeah, I still, th- yeah, I, I totally agree. It's going to be a time of transition. There's new fans coming into the stands. Um, I've gotten so many like DMs and messages from people who support it. They're like, why is it bad? Um, I, I think it will get worked out over time, but you know, uh, it's this brand new, like Wrigley experience. Like people are want to express themselves, whether that be through the wave or through cup snakes. And I feel like we'll just have to figure it out as we, you know, get through these first couple of weeks and months of being back at the federal landmark. Not to over-dramatize it, though, but it is a transition, and there's definitely going to be, like, definitely already is a butting of heads of, like, the old versus oh, yeah. the new, or not even the old versus new, but just, like, the people that are there to watch the game and also have a little bit of a good time, obviously, in the bleachers, versus the people that are, like, it's kind of, like, Lollapalooza taking over from, like, bands and, like, a fun time, and, and then it's, just, like, storming the gates, and it's just, like, an underage yeah. drinking party. So, like, there's no, going to be that, sure. that clashing and butting of heads. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I've said it a a bunch of times. Adam, you know I've said this a bunch. Like, there are so many fans that are total diehards and even more than myself. And I say that because there are people that are going to live in Lakeview, in Wrigleyville, their whole entire life. They're going to spend their money on season tickets. Like, their life revolves around the Chicago Cubs from a social perspective, an emotional perspective, a mental perspective, and then – a financial perspective right and um i think those are the people that are like what is going on this is this ridiculous that the chicago cubs are doing this and yada 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 so i understand it i get why people are frustrated and hopefully uh over time we can um you know get back to the regular wrigley field but there's definitely a budding of heads which uh, i understand it could be a bad take or like a not popular take, but that's why I think it's important that they do police it, not just because of what Jack said, where like it makes it more fun, but there needs to be a line drawn within the security that's not like the fun role to play. But at least then there's like a little bit of like where it's like unspoken right now, where you're like, we're there to watch the game at the end of the day. So like there's a little bit of like we can put that on the security and they could be the bad guy. Um, and we can still have fun, obviously, to let them let people take their shirts off and, and get crazy drunk, but not to the point where we're having beer cups fall into the field. Yeah, it can't happen. How that, that picture last night that they showed on TV was incredible of just all this all this all the cups all over the warning track. Not something I couldn't could be the only for. one that I could Say be the again? one that stared at that for I stared at that for like a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah. I think maybe your caption was just perfectly worded. I was just like it was. I was just thinking of uh, that sad song from uh, Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah. See you again. I was just like thinking that, yeah. like as I was looking at it, I was like, I'm not again. I'm obviously not a big, big cup snake by it, but it, the the energy will be missed of all that from the past week. Yeah, for sure. It's something unique, and uh, for all the people that hate it, I think I think they went a little bit overboard. But I also don't think it's something that you should, you know, live and die for. So. You know, it is what it is. It happened, um, and I think we'll move forward from it. But I don't think it's definitely totally going away. I just don't think the Cubs are going to let it happen 
uh, like they did over the past week for sure. It yeah, it won't be as beloved um, yeah, as no it way. was. Chris, no way. Thanks, Jack. Chris, you're next up. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, guys. Um, appreciate you doing this. I have a quick question about the rotation, and I wanted to yeah. get your thoughts. Um, knowing how dominant that the uh, relievers have been, I saw. I yep. think Marquis put something on Twitter about uh, scoreless innings. Degrom and then Tapera. Uh, has the what are your thoughts about taking some of the dominant guys and throwing them in to start? You know, go two, three innings. I think uh, Tapera can get some yeah. at least once. No, I I think I mean you know what considering what's been happening with the rotation, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs start utilizing an opener for sure. I mean I know the Rays have been using it for a while now over the last couple of years. I would love to see Keegan Thompson get more innings. Uh, Brad Wick has pitched a lot better. I saw he's up to eleven scoreless innings. The bullpen is is awesome. It's it's like such a strange thing to feel as a Cubs fan, even going back to the 2016 and 15 team. Like we still had questions about the bullpen, even when uh, we had Chapman. Uh, we always had questions. I have zero questions about this pen. Tapera, Kimbrel, we obviously know. Uh, Tommy Nance. Um, the list goes on and on. I mean, they've been absolutely incredible. They've really kept us in games and they've closed down games that we had the lead, of course. And yeah, so I could definitely see an opener. I would love to see T Keegan Thompson get starts. I would love to see more guys uh, get utilized because I've been pretty vocal about this. I don't think I'm being uh, unreasonable. Cubs can't win with this rotation. They just can't. It's it's not no. going to happen. You, you can't you can't run out these five guys and expect to win. And I would even say now, like win the central. If you're gonna if you're gonna struggle on offense like we are, not saying that's going to occur long term. But you can't win with those this rotation. It's the 29th worst rotation in the league. You know, I I like Hendricks. I obviously really like Morazle. He's just given up these homers that have, have screwed up his outings. But other than that, he's pitched really really well. Um, but then the rest of the yeah. guys are really hit or hit or miss jake is you know church of jake but it's it's not happening and i don't know if it will happen going forward so yeah i i can see the cubs getting really creative and uh hopefully that happens very soon and we can add on to this team um in the in the weeks to come thank you yeah thanks chris thanks chris adding on to the team is a big is the big question are we gonna add um we i just question. realized this this room was closed, so uh, we just got a bunch oh, of people. Closed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. <laughs> everyone that just joined in, feel free Thank to you. raise your hand and, and jump into the conversation. Yeah, um, for sure. Jake, we'll have him back up. Um, Jake, how's it going? Kind of keep wait. Can you hear me? Okay, there we go. It wasn't lighting up. Yeah, it was kind of weird just like being in the room from the beginning. I was like, no, 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 I'll wait. I'll go back in the audience. Um, but I, I had a question that I posed on Twitter. I actually I, I uh, did a poll, and um, Mitch, who's, who's in the crowd, that he posted on the – they talked about it on the Dinger podcast as well. Yeah. Do you think that there's any chance that the, that the front office takes kind of a hybrid approach at the deadline where we trade for a starting pitcher, but at the same time – you know, we just talked about the – you guys just talked about the bullpen. I think um, – that's a strength of ours right now. And looking at yeah. some of the minor leaguers that we've got way in the, in the wings too, we've kind of got a glut of talent right there, which has never really happened. I'm not saying that I'm a proponent of trading Kimbrel, yeah. but 
if you can lock down a starting pitcher, I'd say sooner than later. Like if I'm saying like way, you know, weeks before the deadline, if the, if they can get somebody in here, if the team keeps playing well and other guys step up in the bullpen and maybe you've got to pair us, you know, coming in to, to take a couple saves off of Kimbrell's back. If he's got, you know, a few days in a row that he's locked down some games, you've got somebody else proving that they can step up in a, sta- a save situation. What would you think of the concept of trading Kimbrell and getting like still getting minor league rehab assignment hopefully coming up later this week um but i think just getting him infused in the lineup and sticking another contact like solid contact bat in the lineup is going to make a huge difference and and hopefully it does bring that contagious hitting back huge absolutely huge i can't say it enough when you look at what nico horner was doing before he got injured and really all this year if you were to put nico horner on the market right now as a free agent he would get paid he would get absolutely paid. That's how good of a player he is. We know he's a great defender, and if he can if he can produce with his contact skills, he is getting absolutely paid in today's market. That cannot be overlooked. And I don't want to say this. I'm not saying this just because of what happened last night to Javi. If Nico keeps this up, it, it changes the way you look at Javi Baez on the Cubs. It just does. hundred percent. I know a lot of people aren't going to want to hear that, but it's just the fact. When you have a guy who gets on base more, puts the ball in play more, can still produce and play not as good of defense as Hobby, but solid defense, there you go. It changes It changes the complexion of how you look at Hobby Baez on the Cubs. We'll see what happens. I can't wait for Nico and Duffy to get back because they totally change the complexion and diversity of the lineup uh, in a much, much more positive way than what we're seeing right now. Absolutely. I, I agree on the hobby point there, too. And I think Nico still has some room for some power upside as well. So totally. it's going to be interesting to see how that. Yeah, I, I listen. It's maybe it's kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but I could see Nico locking down the shortstop position for a bit. I mean, totally. Hey, if, if, if they're not going to spend money, then then, yeah, I think he's for sure the best option that you have internally. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I could keep talking. I love these conversations, but I'll, I'll back out. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks again, Jake. And I know, I know a lot of, I know there are people that might disagree with me. If you do, feel free to raise your hand and chat. Um, but you know, Nico Horner brings something that the Cubs have not had since Ben Zobrist, and you know, you can't take that for granted. Considering we see it all the time, you look up and down the lineup. Even the guys that they brought in, the Patrick Wisdom, I know he's done great. Alcantara, he's done solid. You know, but you look at the rest of the guys, like it's it's a strikeout team. It's a strikeout team. Contreras, Javi, my guy Ian, uh, Chris even gets in there. Jason Hayward, not historically, but of late, his strikeouts have gone up. Um, that's how this team was built, and it's arguably our biggest downfall. When you got have a guy like Nico, you gotta have you have a guy like Matt Duffy, someone who can produce on top of making contact on a consistent basis. It totally changes the complexion of this offense. Thanks, Jake. All right, Mitch. We got Mitch from the Dingers podcast. What's up, Mitch? Well, speaking what's of up, Mitch, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, speaking of Nico, so I was at the Cubs game Friday when they played the Cardinals that series, and I sat right next to some friends of Nico from high school. They've known him since like cool. kindergarten, and they said that he's shooting to come back for the Dodgers series. So. That would be that great. Kind of one you can kind of like highlight that that's his goal is to get back for that series. So that we need great. him back in this lineup. 
we need his we need, bat. We need his contact. So I'm excited for that. And I'm excited being in Iowa that hopefully he does this rehab here Thursday, Friday in Des Moines yep. with the iCubs so I can watch him down there. So just wanted there to give go. that little bit of nugget of information. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. That would be great. Um, can't wait to watch him play. I know I've said it a bunch. He's uh, he's a incredibly valuable player. And, if again, if he was on the free agent market, he'd be getting absolutely paid right now as a free agent. And to bring up, like, Jake's talk about, like, trading Kimbrell, where, where I land with that is our bullpen is set up perfectly right now with the roles that they're currently in. And to shake yep. that up, like, you never know how people are going to respond to moving into sure. a different inning. And we're close to having Justin Steele coming back. That fills the sixth inning role. And it's like, like you said, like having one of the best closers in all baseball, if we are going to keep pushing and make the playoffs, we need him to shut it down in the ninth and have that confidence. Sure. And so, I mean, that's where where I land with that. Um, when you yeah. talk about like, – when you talk about like Javi, and I love that you brought up the first base coach because yeah, that is on Javi. Javi definitely messed up. Um, but being a coach myself, like the the main role of the, the first base coach over there is to let them know the situation. I know it's to time up the the catcher too, and the pitcher and the catcher and all that. But it's to relay all the information to that guy at first base. Hey, hey, this is how we got. This is the situation we got to let him know. So. I hope there's conversations with the driver also of like, hey, you gotta let him know over there. And maybe he did, maybe he did, maybe it was just Javi that that messed messed up. But um, I yeah, like that he I, owned it. I like that Javi owned it yeah. and, moved, and moved forward. Yeah, I feel you know. I would just say I find it hard to believe. Like, if you are a first base coach, that's what you do. Like, that is your profession. I find it very hard to believe that he didn't say anything, just because like. You probably know, like, a lot of coaches, like, they're so detail-oriented. They're so – like, that, that it's their whole livelihood. So I can imagine that he said something to Javi. And, you know, I mean, listen, Javi, for all the great things that he does, he's also, like, incredibly maddening. He's, like, he, uh, you know, marches to the beat of his own drum. He does his own thing. And I can totally see it being like, hey, you just beat out a fielder's choice. Um, you're like – zoned out or whatever you almost ground into another double play you're probably pissed off you don't really listen to what's going on the crowd's loud so on and so forth and you just totally forget what's going on and that's probably what happened um so yeah hopefully i, I do it's a reasonable thing to bring up that the first base coach maybe didn't say anything but i can't imagine that wasn't the case considering like that's his literally literal only job is to be like hey one out two outs like here's where they're playing this is the you know time uh, the pop time from the catcher, so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen again uh, and will be a valuable learning experience for the whole team moving forward. I do have one more question, though. Um, yeah. Are you concerned with the amount of innings that Wilson Contreras has been behind the plate? Will that catch sure. up to him behind the plate in the oh, yeah. second half of the season? Big t uh, Mitch, I'm I'm concerned about it on a, a macro level. Like, is he the guy that you want to extend? And I, I like Wilson a lot. I've, I've been very vocal about that. But, listen, he has a uh, serious past with hamstring injuries, injuries overall. He catches a whole bunch. We see how catchers age. It doesn't really go very well. 
Um, he can't play every day to begin with because he's a catcher. There's no DH right now. We'll see if that changes with the new collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, it's, it's for sure an issue. It's con- for sure a concern, especially when you don't have a backup catcher. I mean, right, the Cubs have like had four backup catchers and it hasn't worked out with any of them. So, um, yeah, it's a big concern and definitely something to not only pay attention to for this year, but like when you're looking at long-term, like, can he do this long-term? Is he someone you really want to invest in without having a DH? It's a, it's a very, very good point to look at for sure. Thanks guys. Thanks Mitch. Appreciate it. Thanks Mitch. All right. We got Matt next up. Tom, what's going on, buddy? Uh, thanks for jumping on our what's podcast up? again uh, last week. Oh, it was up, fun. Matt? It's Matt from TCF. I don't know if you, if you could recognize me. No, but. yeah, I, I recognize the voice. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, um, I wanted to wanted to go back to Hobby for a minute. I know it's probably going to come across like slander or something, but I yeah. think like I don't know what you think, but the glut of available shortstops in Major League Baseball at this point, I think, also has to contribute to some of the decision-making in the front office is going to be taken too. Cause you look at it like what Milwaukee's what Milwaukee picked up with Willie Adamas, you know, just basically for nothing, just next to nothing. Yep. And he becomes expendable because of a guy like Wander Franco coming up and, and so on down the line, you know, San Diego, I'm not saying they're going to get rid of Tatis, but they got CJ Abrams waiting in the wings too yep. in the middle, middle of the field. So I think like those kind of decisions need to be kind of factored into it too. But you look at the play last night, and it's just something you cannot have. That, that, that play can't happen. It nope. just can't. can't Coaching happen. aside, player aside, from a from a franchise cornerstone, and just kind of the the ultimate, just the the I don't the it just it felt like he didn't care about it either, you know. And that that's that was very not hobby like, in my opinion. Um, yeah, usually, usually you can't question the passion from him, but. Yeah. Um, you know, I just kind of want to get your opinion on that. Just like available shortstops out there in the game and stuff like that. Yeah, it's – I mean, the game is trending. I'm not going to say it's trending that way, but, like, everyone now, your best athlete's going to go play shortstop. I, I, that's always kind of been the case, but I feel like now it's why you see the Cubs, like, when you go trade for bad news, they had, what, two shortstops in that deal. You have Ed Howard. Like, the Cubs are just stacking up on shortstops because if you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere else on the diamond. That's just a fact. Um, so yeah, there's a, your, your best players all throughout the minor leagues, all throughout major league baseball are going to be playing shortstop. When you look at Javi, great play, great defensive player can hit the home run, can hit as far as anyone, as hard as anyone, but also will strike out as much as anyone will get on base at the lowest, uh, percentage as anyone. So he's a maddening player. He's so talented. But there are so many uh, extremes to his game in all different directions. And when you're looking at the Cubs, like, you know, and you have, I think Seager's going to be on the market. And you have um, Seager, who else? Uh, Correa, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's going to be on the market as well. I can totally see why, um, you know, there would be questions to who's the next shortstop going to be. And as I said earlier on, when you have Nico Horner just waiting there, even though he's on the IL right now, who has played shortstop before, who has shown that he has a good glove, who has shown that he can get on base, shown that he can make contact, has proven that he can hit big league pitching and produce on top of that, it makes the hobby formula and the hobby question a lot more complex. Uh, and it's a, it's a tough decision, but I totally agree with what you said. It can't happen. Eighth year in the league. Not trying to cancel the guy. I'm not trying to cancel the guy. But when you have, like, when you're not hitting well, you're not getting on base, the team's not playing well, 
And then and then you say after the game, I know he had like varying comments. He said it was his fault, but then he also said Ross saw one thing, I saw another thing. I don't know what that means. I think the only like reasonable answer is to say, yeah, I messed up. It was on me. I didn't know how many outs. Like, I'll learn from it. My mistake. It shouldn't. It will, it will never happen again. Instead of saying, well, I saw another thing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those. Really you dig yourself a. You dig yourself a bigger hole with that. Yeah, I don't. You know, yeah. it's just like. Just, just chalk it up to a bad play. You know, take your, take your loss and take your beating, and just you know, exactly. live to fight another day. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll, you know, hope, I'm assuming Javi's going to be in the lineup tonight. Um, we'll see how if it can put a spark in the team because they need one right now. So, like I said before, it's a major, major weekend uh, coming up with the Dodgers. Then you got to play the Bills in Milwaukee. The Brewers are playing well. Um, they've been, they've been on a hot streak. I know their schedule hasn't been very difficult, but you know, like they're huge games, and we've seen it before. Even you know, we'll be talking about this in September. You have a division series against a team that you are matched up with in the standings. You know, tied for first place, or even you have a little lead. Like it's one sweep in the total. Uh, you know, division flip flops in that one weekend, and it's something that you have to pay attention to. And it's why the Cubs have to turn around and they have to turn around fast because there are some major games coming up. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Take care. All right, we got one more question from uh, Jack coming in, um, and then we'll start taking it out. Love it. Bring up Jake again, and I mean, honestly, as much as it pains me to say it, it's like I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if the guy's going to have a place on this roster going forward. I mean, it, it's just unfortunate, right? Like every fifth day, he's going out there and it feels like he's not giving us a chance to win at all. I mean his his war this year he's he's, he's negative 1.1 war i just looked it up like it, it's yeah. it, 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 it's just sad and i mean when we've got guys like mills and it, it like there's your rotation spot you've got like keegan thompson you, you've got some more yeah. bullpen depth guys on the 40 man that you could bring up it's like i'm just wondering like what, what's the place for Arietta on this roster and how many more chances is he, he going to get it? It's just frustrating when he when he goes and says, "Oh my, I have a blister." Oh, I was sick. It's don't pitch that. It, 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 it yeah. feels to me like the excuses are piling up. And yeah, what what, what, do, what do you guys think on that? Well, you know what? The real OGs, the people that have been following me for a long time, know that that's something that I've tweeted about for a while. That was Jake's kind of not you know not his entire mo, but. That was kind of his move back in the day. He, he, was, he was sweating too much. He had the blister. The ball was like this. The ball, I think he said the one time the ball was uh, crooked or like it was uh, shaped different. That's why it wasn't pitching well. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Jake isn't playing well. He hasn't, I mean, contributed. If someone wants to pull a receipt on myself, that's fine. I still think he was valuable for Morales to, you know, help him out as he started off in this rotation full time. Um, but yeah, there's some hard decisions that have to be made because you cannot keep running out this rotation the way it's set up and expect to win. The 20 worst rotation in baseball just can't happen. They need to make changes if they want to be serious about this year. And I would even argue that the longer you go on without making any changes, you're kind of showing your hand on what you really believe, right? Like if you are, if you have a sense of urgency that the 2021 Chicago Cubs need to win, Jake Arrieta doesn't have many more starts left. He, he actually probably doesn't have any more starts left considering what he's doing. I'll give Jake credit when you watch him pitch, like, 
the movement is still there on many of his pitches. I just feel like it's a it's a matter of location, and he's just leaving up these ninety three mile an hour sinkers in the middle of the plate. They're still, but they're not moving at the velocity or rate that they did 2015 and 16, which is, you know, making him very hittable. And that's something you can't have out of one of your starters can't have it every fifth day. And uh, if it keeps up and I'm saying like, if it keeps up within the next start, there has to be changes made. If there aren't changes made, it kind of tells you a lot about what the Chicago Cubs think about their chances this year. Yeah. That, thanks that's- Jack. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. All right, we we did our our number on the Cubs that uh, you had to give your tough love to, but it's time to go to Olive Garden. Who would you like to take out to Olive Garden? Who deserves a dinner with you this week? Not It's not a Cub. It's Kyle Schwarber, dude. My guy. My goddamn left fielder. Five home runs in two games. You know, there's the hate for Kyle Schwarber. I love how people... They, they say, like, if I if I root for Kyle Schwarber, that means I don't like Jack Pearson. It's not the case at all. I'm always going to root for Kyle. He's someone that I really like. I really appreciate for I, – I have really appreciated for a long time. Uh, and he's playing really well. He's, he's found a way to, you know, be incredibly productive. A lot of people are going to say he's just on a heater right now. He boosted his OPS by, like, 120 points. Um, more power to him. He's 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 been uh, ripped on his whole career. Beer league softball player, overweight, slow, can't play defense, strike like the whole all the time. He's always been talked about that way. And I'm just super excited to watch him uh, play well and uh, succeed. So I'm I'm taking Kyle Schwarber, my guy, the first morale athlete, my goddamn left fielder, drinking the morale blend. Uh, just super happy to see him uh, succeed and play well. And the Cubs still have to go to the Nationals or Washington coming up sometime shortly, it has to be. So looking forward to seeing him again. And, uh, yeah, he deserves it, and hopefully he can keep it going. I know their team's not very good, but, um, you know, just really happy to see him do well uh, in the different uniform. Anybody talking smack about you defending or enjoying Kyle Schwarber? Uh, doing well does not know what it means to be a morale athlete. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they they, they just think it's like you know. I they just think I jump ship. All the, it's not. I mean, when you're a morale athlete, you're a morale athlete for life, and I would be rooting for you like uh, nobody, like like no other, like it's nobody's business. Bad news goes out, breaks the uh, big league record for fifteen hundred Ks, and I think he did it in. 191 games which is absolutely incredible he is a talent arguably like we've never seen before in terms of just a strict strikeout perspective he's pitching phenomenally he's like 34 35 years old still doing it still throwing hard i'm pissed off we got rid of him that's a topic for another day we'll talk about that next week adam especially if the starting rotation doesn't pick it up um God, I love watching him pitch. He's one of the most unique pitchers in the sense that he doesn't have to rely on his fastball, yet he throws the one of, one of the hardest fastballs in the game. Um, it's awesome to see. He's just going to just bleed you to death with these cutters and sliders and curveballs. Um, he's incredibly unique. I'm another morale athlete that I'm super happy uh, for. I know this might – make some people frustrated they're like man like all our good players are playing well and we're you know kind of uh, 
dragging our feet right now over the last couple of weeks. But hopefully that changes. I'm just happy to see these morale athletes succeed. Concrete's thicker than water. You all know that. And uh, I'm always going to be that way. So. All right. So there's a, a few series to get fired up about. Take us out into yeah. the next week. Listen, everything's in front of us. I've said it before from the beginning. You sign up for these massive games, whether it be the Dodgers, but really these division games going to pay the bills next week. I hope we got a lot of people paying, paying the bills. I might even go up there next week to pay the bills. Um, it's going to be a massive series. We get to see Christian Yelich. Uh, we'll see how he plays. I can't imagine he plays very well considering he hasn't put on the bad news shirt yet. Um, and you get to fill Wrigley North. You have an opportunity tonight to change things around. Kyle Hendricks on the bump, I believe, correct? I believe he's on the bump tonight, um, which is great. And then, you know, you're going to have to grind it out against the Dodgers. And then we're back to Milwaukee. Everything's right in front of us. we got to play well to, you know, really justify investing in this team. Granted, I believe we should invest in this team right now. Talking about from the perspective of ownership, they have one of the best bullpens of the game. You get your contact hitters back in Duffy and Nico. Things totally change around. You really start to solidify your regular lineup on a routine basis. Uh, other than that, we have everything in front of us, and I'm just uh, super excited to watch Chicago Ghost play. New opportunity today, 162-game season. That's what you ask for every single uh, time as a fan. So thanks, everyone, for being here. I appreciate hearing all your thoughts. Adam, this was like one of the most uh, – this was one of the best episodes we have, in have had in terms of questions. So really thankful for, that, thankful for that, and hopefully we can hear from everyone next week. Thanks again for being here. Cubs Thanks, everyone. We're going to take a 10-seconds moment of silence for the beer snakes and close up the room. There you go. God bless. Thank you, everyone. God bless you and your families.